Hello everybody and welcome to our live stream service. Thank you so much for opening up your homes, allowing us to come right in there and share God's Word with you. We might be on level four lockdown and everything might be under lockdown conditions, but you and I are not locked down and we can still praise the Lord. Let's pray today. Father, as we come to you today, we come in the name that is above every other name. It's the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And through that name, we can come boldly and we can come confidently because of everything that you, Jesus, did on the cross for us. And today we open up our hearts and we thank you that you said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so today, Father, I thank you. I welcome your Word. Thank you that your Word comes into every home, every family, every business, every situation, and that your Word and your Word alone has the power to do whatever is needed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to remind you, family, that we are continuing to decree and declare the month of July to be the month of unstoppable favor over every area of your lives. And I want to remind you again that you and I were not shaped and molded by what the governments of this world are saying, the politicians, the economists, the bankers, the scientists, the media, etc., etc. And I want to tell you that the world does not hold our future in their hands, right? We know that God holds our future. And whatever He says goes. And whatever He has promised in His Word will hold true for you and me and all of our families. Right there in your home. I want you to lift your hands right now and say these words after me. My future is in God's hands. And whatever He has promised in His Word holds true for me and my house in Jesus' name. Amen. And last week, of course, we said that the set time to favor you and I is not tomorrow, is not end of this year. It's right now. And we did also say that the time has been appointed and ordained by God Himself, and nobody, no one can stop that. Hallelujah. And so I want you to think about it. Every day when you wake up is a day of divine possibilities. As a matter of fact, not only that, but every, in, in that day, there are seconds and there are minutes and there are hours and every second, every minute, every hour is an awesome God moment that is going to await you. Praise the Lord. And that's going to happen, family, as we rise up in our faith and we make the decision to speak words of life, words of blessing, words of favor over our lives, over our families, over our jobs, over our church, and over our future in Jesus' name. So it brings me to my first point, and this is that unstoppable favor is a position. It's a position. And the scripture that I have there is 2 Peter 1 and 2, in the Amplified, I'm going to read that. It says, May grace, God's favor and peace, which is perfected well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity and freedom from fears and agitating 
passions and moral conflicts be multiplied to you, be multiplied to you in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And so when we look at the Scripture, we can see here that Peter writes and says, you know what, I'm praying that God's unstoppable favor be multiplied to you. And how do you get it? When you are essentially in the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. In other words, if you are in Christ, if you are born again and a child of God, then actually God's unstoppable favor is multiplied to you. Last week I said we didn't work for it, we didn't earn it. It's part of the redemptive work that Jesus did for you and I on the cross. So unstoppable favor has to do with my position, being in Christ. I'm born again. And because I'm in Christ, then brings me to my next point. By faith, I activate it and I access all that belongs to me while I'm in that position. Amen. Psalm 30 verse 7 just really ministered to me this week. And here's what David said, Lord, by your favor, Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. And it says, you hid your face and I was troubled. David was in effect saying, God, you've been so good to me. And as a matter of fact, every victory that I've had is because of your unstoppable favor. Every breakthrough that I've experienced has been because of your unstoppable favor. Every promotion that I've had has been because of your unstoppable favor. Every success that I've experienced in my life has been because of your unstoppable favor. And he says, you have made my mountain stand strong. In other words, my mountain is not just standing, but it's standing strong. And my mountain represents all my achievements, all my accomplishments, everything that I have done and all that I've done has been because of you. It was all because of you and your unstoppable favor upon my life placed value and purpose and significance upon my life. In other words, God's unstoppable favor will add value to your life. Hallelujah. Your unstoppable favor, David was saying, has placed permanency upon everything that I've built because my mountain is standing and it's standing strong. And it means that what I've built, what I've accomplished, what I've done, it will go on into future generations because of unstoppable favor. What you have built, what you have accomplished, what you have done in your lifetime because of unstoppable favor will go on into future generations. And he says, my mountain is standing and it's standing strong, which means, you know what? When I'm one day dead and gone, what I have built is gonna stand. What I built is gonna last. It's gonna go on as a legacy into future generations. You know, when you look at the Bible, and you hold your Bible, the Bible actually is a book. You're holding a book, right, from Genesis to Revelation. But the Bible is a book that depicts the unstoppable 
favor of God. Right from cover to cover, you'll see uh, the unfolding, the unraveling of God's unstoppable favor. And the thing is that when the people of God experienced God's unstoppable favor, what happened? They prospered, they flourished, they conquered, they abounded, they multiplied, they were protected and preserved. Let's look at Genesis 1 and 28 in the Amplified. It says, and God blessed them, Adam and Eve, God blessed them, and then he went on to expound what the blessing was. He said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it using all its vast resources in the service of God and man, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. Now, when you look up that word blessed, it actually means to invoke that word, means to invoke the divine favor of God. When, when God blessed them, he was literally putting on them the divine favor, the unstoppable favor of God resulting in my circumstances and my situation turning favorable. Hallelujah. So, man, God began with man, right? In the garden there, Adam, we know he created him out of the dust. And man wasn't complete until we read in Genesis 2 and 7 when God breathed in him and Adam became a living being. And then he put him in that garden. And essentially he blessed him. And he said, Adam, I'm putting you in this garden and I'm placing my divine favor, unstoppable favor upon you. And I want you to know that as long as this favor's on you, you'll multiply, you'll flourish, you'll increase. You'll, doesn't matter what's happening out there in the world. I'm, I'm talking prophetically to you today. You'll multiply, you'll flourish, you'll increase, you will prosper, you will fill the earth, and you will subdue the earth as long as my favor, unstoppable favor is on you. No one and nothing can stop you. Hallelujah. Some of you might just need to ponder on that and meditate on that because, you know, when God spoke that verse, Genesis 1, to Adam, he was speaking it to all of mankind and on into the ages and on into today, like he's speaking it to you today in Jesus' name. And then we come to another character in the Bible, and you know him. His name was Abraham, and he was the father of our faith. And we see that Abraham encountered the unstoppable favor of God. Where do we see this, you might ask? Well, if you look in chapter 14, it's a phenomenal chapter. I won't read that just yet, but in chapter 14, it's quite an interesting story there because we see four Assyrian kings, right? They're from the east, from the massive Mesopotamian kingdom, and they were four kings who then really were uh, having dominion and ruling over the five kings of the western kingdom that were of the lower regions of the Jordan Valley. And for 13 years, these four kings, Assyrian kings, were ruling and reigning over the five kings until on the 13th year, these five kings, and they were, I mean, they, they had large kingdoms, 
They said enough is enough. And so they rebelled against the rulership, against the dominion, against the subjugation. And they thought, you know what? There's five kings. We've got large armies. We're going to conquer the four kings and the Assyrian army and the Mesopotamian kingdom. But you know what happens in that story. The four kings from the east came down, and I mean, there was war, and they completely obliterated. They completely devoured. They completely, you know, and the other guys just went running. And in the middle of all of that, they take a hold of Lot, who was um, Abraham's nephew. And there's word that comes to Abraham. And somebody that was, you know, a survivor came and said, Abraham, I want you to know, uh, Lot and all of his uh, goods and all of his children and all of his family have been taken captive by the four Assyrian armies, the four, uh, four Assyrian kings. And uh, we, we, you know, we believe that you have the faith to do something about it. And so Abraham did take action. What was the action that he took? Well, he had, the Bible says, 318 servants that were trained in his house. And together with his 318 servants, they go after these four kings, this Assyrian army that had just conquered the five kings and their massive armies. And, and they actually go up into the city of Dan and in the middle of the night, they flank the enemy on either side and they attack them. And lo and behold, they capture all that was captured. They bring back Lot and all of the, 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 the families and the stuff that was stolen, they bring it back. And uh, I mean, we're talking here about the Assyrian army. We're talking about a vast empire, the Mesopotamian kingdom. Nobody really wanted to mess with the Mesopotamian kingdom because they were large and they were formidable. They were ferocious in warfare. And we have to ask ourselves then, what was the secret behind the formidable might of the Assyrian armies? Because they truly were, for a time in history, they conquered and they ruled. And so uh, when you look at that, you see that first and foremost, the Assyrian army were the first in that area to develop iron weapons. Most of the other armies, most of the other kingdoms were still into the bronze era. And so all of their stuff was made of bronze. But these guys had uh, come upon iron. And so they made their weapons out of iron. And it allowed them to make even more protective items more cheaply. And so a lot more of their soldiers were given uh, weapons of iron. In addition to that we also see that they were the first army to have a separate engineering unit. And this unit was formidable in creating ladders. If there was a moat around that castle or, or that city, they, were, they knew how to fill that moat in. Uh, they, it was a formidable engineering uh, unit. They were able to develop ramps to get up the walls and do whatever needed. So they were formidable in that. But not only that, they were also among the first to build chariots. This is the Assyrian army, the Mesopotamian kingdom that really were formidable. And here we have Abraham with his 380 trained servants that grew up in the house and went out against this formidable 
empire and completely defeated them, recovered all the goods and all the captives, including his nephew Lot. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to ask myself this question. How was it even possible for Abraham and his servants to defeat the mighty Assyrian armies? How was it possible? I mean, we're talking about this massive, formidable empire. We're talking about five kings who had formidable armies were conquered by the four kings of the Assyrian army. And now we've got Abraham and we've got 318 strange servants in his house who conquered this formidable army. How was it even possible? Family, I believe it was because of God's unstoppable favor upon Abraham's life. You say, Pastor, how do we know that? Well, if you read after he comes back in that victory, there's a man by the name of Melchizedek who meets Abraham. And in Genesis 14, verse 18, it says there in the Amplified, Melchizedek, king of Salem, later called Jerusalem, brought out bread and wine, and bread and wine always speaks of victory for their nourishment. He was the priest of God most high. And look at what Melchizedek says. It says, verse 19, and he blessed him. He blessed Abraham and said, blessed, favored with blessings, made blissful, joyful, be Abraham by God, most high possessor and maker of heaven and earth and blessed, praised and glorified be God, most high, who has given your foes into your hand. Hallelujah. In other words, as a result of God's unstoppable favor upon his life, Abraham was able to defeat that formidable army, the Assyrian army. And I want you to know today, God wants to use you as a testimony, no matter how great the odds are stacked up against you. Which brings me to my next point. God's unstoppable favor will defy the odds that might be stacked up against you. I don't know what the odds are today. Maybe there are huge odds that are stacked up against you. But listen, I want to tell you there's something powerful about God's unstoppable favor. Abraham, together with his 318 servants whom he raised up in his house, went out and defeated this Assyrian army, the might, the formidable, ferocious Assyrian army. You think about it. I, I was thinking about it. 318, 318. Why not 320, Lord? Why 318? Why not 350? Or let's push it up. Why not a round figure, 400? Why not 500? Why 318? Well, I do believe that there are no insignificant numbers in Scripture. And if you take the 3 plus the 1 plus the 8, it equals 12. 3 plus 1 is 4. And four plus eight is 12. And the number 12 in the Bible, amongst other things, speaks of government. In other words, what am I saying? That when God favors you and places unstoppable favor upon you, the government of heaven is backing you. Hallelujah. It is backing you and behind you. And also 12 is apostolic. And anything that is apostolic carries weight in the spirit. 
Listen, I want to tell you, there's no better time for the church to be alive and living in a world that is seemingly in chaos. Now, I want to remind you, the devil's a real devil. And if you haven't noticed, he has ramped up the odds against you and against the church. And he's doing everything to try and silence us, try and render us irrelevant. But I tell you something, you cannot bind what God has set free. You cannot silence what God has given voice to. You cannot kill what God has given life to. You simply cannot restrict what God has liberated. The devil's trying to restrict you, but you've been liberated by the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. You certainly cannot curse what God has blessed. You cannot even frown upon what God has taken delight in. And you cannot stop. You cannot stop in Jesus' name what God has highly favored. Listen, family, if Abraham with his 318 servants could defeat the greatest empire of his time, and that being in the Old Testament, then how much more? You and I living in the New Covenant, the New Testament, the New Dispensation. Hallelujah. No matter what the enemy might throw at you, no matter how great the odds are, no matter how ridiculous it might seem, no matter what it might look like on paper, I want to remind you and tell you that God's time to favor you is right now. And it means that all of heaven is backing you up. The angels of God are with you, family. The Holy Ghost is with you, in you, and upon you. The blood of Jesus is not against you. It is for you. And the name of Jesus is your strong tower. And nothing and no one can stop you from doing all that God has called you to do. Hallelujah. And I want to say these words to you. The greater the odds, the greater the odds, the greater God's unstoppable favor working for you. Now, come on. There's a declaration that's coming up right now. And I believe the spirit of faith has been imparted. I believe that life has come. I believe that some dreams have been reawakened. I believe that those of you that maybe might have had a difficult week, the spirit of heaviness has gone. That spirit of limitation is broken from off your life. But I need you to rise up in your, in your faith, in your spirit. And together with me, let's make this declaration. Are you ready? Here we go. I am the sign of God, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and the set time to favor me is right now. God has chosen me for such a time as this to manifest His unstoppable favor in every area of my life. And what God has appointed and declared, no one can stop. I believe it. I receive it and declare that unstoppable favor is real. It's now. It's mine. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on. Let's sing that wonderful song right now. I feel a song of victory that says, I'm going to see a victory. You are going to see a victory in Jesus' name. And I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. 
Well, I don't know about you, but we are declaring we're going to see the victory in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. There might be hardly any light at the end of the tunnel, but there's still light and there's still hope, and that's what we're declaring over you and your family. But friend, I want to ask you a question today, right now. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about dress code, moral code. I'm not talking about do's and don'ts. I'm not talking about ticking off in a list. I'm not talking about eating codes, uh, all of that which would... I'm I'm talking about having a, a living relationship with a living person, Jesus Christ. You say, well, pastor, you know what? There was a time when I was serving him, but things have happened and I've let slide right now, slip and slide, and my life is not right. I don't have peace with God. And I want to say to you, whoever you are right now, you can come to Jesus Christ. The cross is inclusive. When Jesus hung on the cross, he had every single person in mind, no matter your ethnicity, no matter your background, no matter your language no matter where you might be living, and no matter what you might have done. There might have been some terrible things that you might have done this week. And for that reason, maybe you're feeling guilty and ashamed, embarrassed, and all of that is really the effects of what sin does. It condemns us, puts us down, tells you that you'll never be good enough for God. You'll never be holy enough for God. You'll never be righteous enough for God. But you see, 2,000 years ago, Jesus took our place and He did it all. So that when you come today, it's not based on how good a person can you be. It's simply just acknowledging the fact that I'm away from God. I've missed the mark and I'm coming today as I am. And I think for me, that is one of the the greatest things to know that God accepts me the way that I am. I don't have to go to rehab first. I don't have to, you know, uh, try and clean up my life before God accepts me and forgives me. He takes me just the way that I am. And He'll take you just the way that you are. If you can come today and understand that you're away from God and and being away from God, you're in need of God. Only God can help you and in the person of Jesus Christ. Because like I said, it's not a religion. It's a relationship with somebody who died, was buried, and then three days later rose and today is seated at the right hand of the Father where He's praying for you. And I want you to know, friend, Jesus loves you so very, very much. And so today in that home, whether it's here in Durban, KZN, any part of South Africa, or maybe you're watching from some part of this world, you're part of God's family. God has you in mind. And wherever you are and whoever you are, you can come today. You can come. You can come. You can come. There's no fee that you need to pay. There's no cake that you need to bake. You can come just as you are, all right? And I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer that just really expresses a heart relationship with Jesus. Right there in your home, in that place, wherever you are, would you say these words after me? Heavenly Father, I come today in Jesus' name just as I am, with all of my faults, all of my failures, I come and I open my heart 
and I receive your love, your forgiveness. Thank you for the blood that was shed, God's blood, holy blood, the blood of Jesus Christ that today cleanses me and I'm washed and I am forgiven and I am made new. And right this very moment, by faith, I receive eternal life and the forgiveness of all of my sins. And I thank you for changing my heart and making me the person you created me to be in Jesus' name. Now, before we go, I want to just pray for you right now and others that are watching. Lord, I want to thank you for those people that prayed this prayer. I thank you for the reality of your presence, that right there, the unloved are being loved, the untouched are being touched. Lord, the unforgiven are being forgiven right now. The unjustified are being justified right now. The unreconciled are being reconciled back unto God. And I thank you, Lord, for the reality of a living, loving Savior that you will minister into every one of those needs. And Lord, I bring those people as well who are sick in their bodies today, whatever that sickness is, in the mighty name of Jesus. I come against every spirit of infirmity and sickness right now. I rebuke it and declare that by the stripes of Jesus, 2,000 years ago, they were made whole. I come against the spirit of cancer and even this COVID-19, God, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing into those organs that are affected, into the lungs into the heart, the liver, every vital organ. Right now, Lord, I command your healing virtue to touch those bodies, quicken those bodies. Right now, I come against the spirit of fear, Lord, that has gripped the hearts of so many people. Fear right now. I declare that God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And I thank you today for the angels of the Lord that are encamped round about those homes, round about those families. We speak the preservation of God that in this time, in this day and age, Lord, like the people of Israel in the land of Goshen, they were protected. They were preserved. They had no lack. They were sufficient with everything that you supplied. I declare your sufficiency over the people that are watching. I declare every bill paid, every need is met. I declare marriages are made whole in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Family, I don't know about you, but I sense the presence of the Lord. And right there in your home, just lift your hands. I know that we're not together, but we are in a sense we're coming into your homes by way of live stream. And the Bible says, where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst of them. Like we're sensing God's presence right here, so too in your home, so too in that place where you are right now. And we want to give God all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name and declare unstoppable favor is yours. In Jesus' name. 
Well, we've enjoyed our time together. Until next time, we're praying for you. Amen. We love you. God bless you.